Luck upon me this morning. <laughs> Talk too much. So, how you guys doing today? Yeah? Are you guys ready to stand up and worship today? I don't know. I feel something else is going to happen in this church. I feel like God's making the, it's kind of making his rounds today with everybody, and we're going to just, just worship him and connect with him today. All right. You ready, Justin? All right. Give me something to work with, man. I love you 
everybody today you good it got cold didn't it went to bed it was hot and it's cold now but hey um kind of a relationship for our faith journeys at times right hot and cold okay so um but we're glad that you're all here today we want to celebrate believe it or not this is the last uh worship service on sunday before thanksgiving right nobody's excited about that how many like thanksgiving That's a, you guys are lame all right there we go all right, so Thanksgiving, but um, everybody, everybody feeling good? Let's hear you. Come on. How many, how many, let's give God a shout today. Let's just go ahead. Just big shout. Oh, that is so lame. Come on, more. Let's go. Let's wake up. All right. So we're just glad you're here. Wayne, what you got? I think Jack's dead. That wasn't lame to me. You guys awesome. Oh, I got one thing plugged in. There we go. <laughs> yeah, man, I think it was an awesome weekend. I mean, I, I showed up here to work on this shed out back, you know, and all of a sudden this army showed up and started filling up all kinds of bags of Thanksgiving goodies for everybody. How many bags do you have, Debbie? Donna, Debbie. Donna's she said outside. we're in like the 206. Well, sorry, yeah. I, I talked to Debbie. I didn't speak to Donna, so I was, yeah. was kind of right. like. Donna, Donna's outside. She's out there counting now. Oh, so she's counting awesome. right now. Okay. Yeah. How many so we're over 200 right now. 200. 200 families are going to get food for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Is that freezer still out there? Yep. So somebody donated a freezer for us. We yep. shoved it full of turkeys. <laughs> I don't know how many pounds you guys picked up of turkeys. They were probably average 12, 15 pounds each. Mm-hmm, yep. Lots and lots. Was that Bob? Was he out there picking turkeys? I don't know. <laughs> Man. So, awesome. I mean, that was just an amazing show of, of people that are just willing to do God's work here. So, um, amen, right? So, you guys can come out later on and cheer me on as we build a shed. And just say, hey, Wayne, keep on putting that siding up, buddy. Speaking of turkeys. Speaking of, yeah. <laughs> amen. Yard you eat. That's right. <laughs> All right, so we got a... We got a new song this morning. I'm gonna sing for you, and then I hope you, hope you guys we're gonna just just want to grasp on this song. I mean, it just talks about you know Jesus is better. Jesus is is better than anything we have in this world. You know, it's, it's better than the the best Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> it's better than all our riches. It's better than all our victories. You know, and I think it's just you know we can say the words. We can say Jesus, you're better. But do we live it? Do we feel it? Do we like? I mean, this song just talks about. You're better, you're better, you're better. Just make our heart believe that, Lord. Make us believe that you are better. There is no other so sure and steady my hope is held in your hand when castles crumble and breath is fleeting upon this rock i will stand upon this rock i will stand glory glory 
glory, glory. We have no other king but Jesus, Lord of all. We raise the anthem, our loudest praises ring. We crown him Lord of all. Your kindly rule has shattered and broken the curse of sin's tyranny. My life is hidden neath heaven's shadow. Your crimson flood covers me. Your crimson flood covers me. Yeah. Glory, glory. We have no other king but Jesus, Lord of all.
bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name. Worship your holy name. The sun comes up, it's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, let me be singing when the Yeah. 
God, we just praise you and we thank you for your presence. So during this time as we gather here, um, God, just move in a mighty, mighty way and uh, touch our hearts and our lives that we can uh, just worship you in a, in a way that we fully recognize, not only sing about it, God, but that we fully recognize that Jesus is better, so much better. And so God, as we commit to the rest of our time here to worship today, just prove to us and show us how good you are. In your name we all pray. Amen. All right, so our children are not going to go anywhere right now because you're going to stay put. Um, but go ahead and just um, wait what I want you to do right now. Just say hi to everybody. Everybody stay put real quick and greet somebody. If you see an unfamiliar face, say hi. Always works, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I love that transition just like this. Right from there, just right in there. How long are you going to be for announcing yourself? Yeah, we come down. No, we got seven minutes. We got five, seven minutes. So. Hey, how you doing? How are everybody? Let me see. How are you? How are, how are you? There you go. I am, I am dealing with the loss of West Virginia last night to Oklahoma, in case you don't know. Don't clap. Sit down. Okay. All right. All right. I've got a funeral today. I'll do two or three. It doesn't matter. So, all right. Um, no, good to see everyone here today for our online uh, uh, church. We're glad that you're joining us, and we hope that you can connect in a really awesome ways there. Um, it's interesting. You've got to watch out where you go and what you do because all of a sudden um, I have had this happen several times where someone will say, Hey, I watch you every week, and I said, you and everybody else, you know, but, uh, uh, but no, they were just, uh, it gets kind of creepy when people say that to you, but then you end up finding they watch, people watch online, so we want to welcome you online. I know we have a couple from, Cal- uh, several people from California, so that's a, that's a long distance. Um, they couldn't make it here today, you know, long drive uh, traffic, but they are joining us by the power of the internet, so we want to welcome you, and thank you for um, clicking in every week being part of that. Um, for everyone else here, glad you're here, and we are um, excited to be worshiping today. Visitors, if you're visiting with us, with us today, whether here or online church, welcome. We just um, have always said this several times. We don't believe that it's by mistake. We believe that God brought you here for a reason, and that. Um, and today we're going to talk about home a little bit. So we believe that God brought just uh, other people and the family together for this worship today. Because um, it doesn't matter where we are, in the world, as long as we have a faith and a belief and, a, and follow Jesus Christ, we're all going to sit at the same banquet table one day, right? Yeah. All right, so that's good. Um, we want to lift up some other announcements. We have several of these. Um, uh, we are not going to do uh, new members again. Uh, Debbie and I, and we're not going to go back in time. Um, many of us would love to be able to go back in time and do something over. Um, but if you're interested in new membership, you can kind of connect. We'll do that probably in February again. Um, disciple two, it says disciple two, but it may be three or four, doesn't matter, you don't worry about that, you just show up, okay, and if you want to be part of that, we do have some clipboards, I think there's one up here, and there may be one over here somewhere, if not, there's one there um, in front of Debbie, and she could pass that back, or you can contact um, Debbie DiVirgilio there, or write um, info at havencc.org, and we'll make sure that you get connected. Um, it is a 20-some week study that we're going to go through, through some different sections of the scripture, and several of you have, have already signed up about that. Um, Wayne has talked about ministry, uh, music ministry opportunities, and um, 
we, we're always looking for them. As a matter of fact, today, one of our singers, um, and Keith is here, um, Keith's filling in for Andy, Andy's away, so our bass player is filling in on sound, and so we lost our bass player today because he's doing sound, and his wife's not here singing with us because their son, Jeremy, has pneumonia, and they were at the hospital until 4.30. Um, so, uh, and you know, we have some that travel and are, are here sometimes and not. So, hey, if you're willing to connect, and we'd love to have people. I know that there's other people who play instruments and stuff, and, and that's part of it. Um, we'd love to have you connect, and you can talk, uh, connect with Wayne as well. A Dining for Women Christmas Party, December 7th um, at Judy Music's house, and you can see that, the information there. Um, also, Operation Christmas Child. Remember what I set the uh, bar at? 250, right? Y'all thought I was crazy. Well, it's 320. 320. Awesome. And so, and Liz gets lunch, so she's very thankful. All right, there she goes. All right. Actually, Gary's thankful, aren't you, Gary? That's right. All right. So, um, Thanksgiving box drive um, is the final day that you can give to that. If you left something, you can contact Donna. We need some turkeys, but where are we at, Donna? 152 bags here. So we're over 200. Okay, 206 is what we should have. 206. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's, that's incredible. What? The goal was 100. So we're going to kick in, kick in goals. Maybe we should have played for West Virginia last night. I don't know. So. Right. Somebody should have. Nobody else did. Nobody else did, that's for sure. All right. All right. So... Oklahoma weather touchdowns go sweeping down the paint. Okay, sorry. Um, okay, so but you know what, guys? I, you, we gotta say we gotta stop and just say that's awesome. That is awesome. And a lot of that didn't only come from us, which is awesome, but a lot of that came from the community. Um, people coming out of Walmart, and so often we get so focused when we turn on the news and we see all this kind of junk going on, right? How many are tired of looking at the news? Somebody's destroying protests and somebody's taking somebody, somebody's torturing somebody, somebody's doing this, this, this. It's just a mess to look at. But isn't it good to know that people still care? All right, so that's awesome. Um, today, another opportunity, the Paris Foundation, right? How are we doing? We good? We got pizzas? Yes, because we're not going to turkey and stuffing them to death. We're going to give them pizza. And so they're really excited about that. Um, and so if you, um, it, we're good, but if you want to help out or you just want to see, I'm sure... Um, you can just go and take a look, and that's good there. So a lot of, you know, it's, it's really awesome when a church looks at announcements, and most of them have to deal with serving other people. You know, um, one, of, one of the things is church has become so inward focused, and that's one of the things I'm, I'm very happy for here. So might as well add another one. Quarters for linens for the homeless. Um, uh, so we will be hosting, the ro- we'll be uh, doing the rotating shelter at Five Rivers on January 9th through the 16th if you want to connect with that, but we're also getting together quarters so that they can go ahead and use them for laundromat and other types of things like that. All right, wow, awesome stuff. Okay, everybody feeling good? You should after that. That is awesome. That is awesome. That is incredible stuff. Um, I want to go to our prayer list today. We have some small, um, small ones here that are, um, that are just put down, just a couple. If you have them, um, if you're online, you can go ahead and connect and submit those online. Um, but if you also want to put those and you're here in the back, please go ahead and do so, and we'll lift them up today. Bobby Burke is after prayers for her father, Bill Reeves, who's having surgery tomorrow. So please pray for him that it goes well and for healing afterwards. Um, we also have a praise for a happy birthday to Liz Ashby, who is 29. Right? 29, Liz. Wow. 
You don't look a day over 25. All right, so that's good. Uh, happy birthday, Liz. Um, a couple others. Uh, uh, we had some people that were in and out of the hospital. Uh, Lori, I know, went. Is she home now? Everything's good because I did some follow-up uh, to try to find out with her. Um, anyone else that we need to lift up? Yeah. Yeah, my mother, our mother went back to uh, Fox Chase on Monday, Tuesday, and everything's awesome. Just keeping the same. So we're thankful for that as well. Okay. Yes, Mike. Yeah, yeah, because we may not see it for a while. Okay, so I hope you got it all in. Okay. Okay, so we're going to pray for Emily, who's in the hospital. Judah? Okay, thank you, Judah. <laughs> Whose kid is that? Do something with him, okay? <laughs> if you're visiting, it's mine. Okay, here we go. Yes, also, Barb Caldwell, Ray Caldwell's wife, is in the hospital. We want to pray for them as well. All right, anybody else? Yes. Yes, PJ Smith's surgery went well. He's recovering. And Paul... Yeah, Paul, Paul Smith, we want to pray for him, uh, was diagnosed with prostate cancer. And so we want to pray for him and continue prayers for there. Anyone else? I know sometimes, yeah, Judah, no. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. See, you put him next to Jimmy Russell, he falls apart. Okay, there we go. Anybody else with prayer concern? All right, so you'll pray for me as that is my child. Okay. All right, let's go. Um, we're going we're gonna to go to uh, the Lord right now in offering, and, um, and we're going to lift that up. And then afterwards, we're going to celebrate communion, okay? We're going to, we move that around a little bit. And I just kind of want to start again with communion today. Just get us rightly focused. And after communion, um, our, uh, our young people head to our Shoreline Sunday School Ministry, okay? So join me in prayer now, if you will. Lord God, we come to you today. And uh, again, there's so many, uh, so many needs, so many concerns, so many joys, so, many, so much of everything going on. And God, we just uh, we love you, and we are just so thankful for you. I want to thank you for birthdays that we can celebrate. I want to thank you for um, for just your guidance and protection. I ask uh, as we lift up in prayer, Bill Reeves as he goes for surgery, uh, for PJ Smith and Paul Smith and Emily, and um, we want to lift up Jeremy um, as he's dealing with um, pneumonia. My son Jacob, who was, uh, had pneumonia this has pneumonia this week. Just um, uh, any any kind of prayers that are lifted up in this room. Um, for people who have been in the hospital and then out, like Lori, for Barb, who has uh, also been in the hospital, and for Ray and others who are giving care there. God, there are so many, um, so many things going on, and this time of year seems more hectic than ever before. Um, but may we not just uh, lose sight of what needs to go on, and that's to um, just focus and worship and glorify you. So God, as we are in this time, we have so many things that we're thankful for. Number one, I want to thank you that I opened my big mouth and, uh, and gave 250 and that this church and the people here shattered it and made it uh, 320 uh, for the boxes. 320 children around the world who have nothing, nothing at all for Christmas will open up a box, and it's much more than a box. It's a way that they can find out, hey, somebody loves me, and it's all because of Jesus. And God, we just pray that they will come to know you. That's the greatest thing. And then for these, uh, these 206 or, or so families who have nothing in our own community, that our goal was 100, but God, once again, that was shattered. And we thank you for, I thank you for the giving of the people here and also for 
for your Holy Spirit. That God, you, these people are going to sit down and be able to have a family meal because of the love of others, because the love we have for each other is displayed in our love for you. And God, like I've talked about several times, uh, where you were asked the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and the same is exactly like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. God, if, if an indication of loving our neighbor is by what this church has done in the last month or so, we really, really love you. And so, God, we have been so blessed, so blessed. And now at this time, we're going to continue to give in that blessing through your tithe and our offering that makes things like this and other things happen here and around the world, not to stay here so we can say, look at Haven, look at Haven. It's not about Haven, God. That's just a name. It's all about Jesus. It's all about you. And if I should ever or if this church or any of us should ever take our focus off of that, God, we ask for forgiveness in advance, that you just get us on the right track. And so bless these gifts through your tithe and our offerings. Bless the giver and the tither, and bless those who receive these. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, well, let's please stand for this song. Um, again, you know, we're at Haven. Sometimes we do some songs that are like, you know, may not be sanctioned Christian, but you know, there's no... There's no such thing as a Christian song. It's, 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 it's Christian lyrics, but the music is music. You know? So we're just, you know, it's not about what you're singing it. It's what you're singing, it's who you're singing it for, who you're singing it to. So this song is just all about, you know, we're going to make this place your home, Lord. Sing it out. You guys know it. You guys put your hands together. I mean, I know Phil Phillips is an awesome musician. So, hey, just lift it up with us. Let's get our hands together. Let's go. Let's go, man.
Um, as we, as we uh, come to this part, one of the coolest things about family, I don't know about your house, but in my house, we like to eat. Anybody like to eat? There yeah. we go. I see some kids. I, parents, you have growing kids. They love to eat, don't they? And so um, wanna, we're going to talk about food today. Okay, we're going to talk about food. Is that exciting, anybody? So you're going to be really, really hungry, and the restaurants can pay us a kickback after today's sermon because we're going to talk about food. But most talk thing about um, about home, like one of the things that people say is when you make yourself. They say make yourself at home. What does that mean? Go get what you want, right? It means go, you know, go go open. I know my my um, like when I was growing up, uh, I grew up in uh, uh, at my house, but I also spent most of that time at Roy and Janet Fanning's house, and. Um, and um, when I did the funerals, uh, the funeral for the mother, my uh, Glenn's friends and I, we were all sitting around, and my friend Paul says, we just like took over. <laughs> you know, we went into their house, and we just, they let us eat their food, and they let us, you know, use their stuff, and they let us eat their food, and they let us watch TV, and they let us eat their food, you know, and, and as a parent, you know, that's a lot, because you go in, and sometimes anybody going in, do you want something and you go there, and there's nothing left, and you're like, ah, you know, you get frustrated. Well, one of the things, I think it's by no mistake that, Jacob, that, that, that Jesus used a, a thing of a meal in order to display his full love. We've broken it down to just this, this act of communion that we do kind of as an addendum onto our worship service, but it was done as part of a full feast, a celebration of God's redemption from the people from um, Egypt. And so what, what happened was, like in, in much of the history, they were recounting the history of what God had done. And so they started, and Jesus took bread. It was a part in the service where he took bread, and he broke it after giving thanks to God, saying, Blessed are you, Lord God, creator, ruler, sovereign of the universe that gives us grain from the field that we may have bread to eat. But yet he changed it this time and said, Hey, hey. This is my body, which is broken for you. Take and eat this and remember to me. After the supper was over, according to the scripture, Jesus took the cup. And once again, he gave thanks to God, saying, Blessed are you, Lord, our God, creator, ruler, sovereign of the universe, that gives us fruit of the vine that we may have drink. In other words, he said, thanks for getting the groceries, Dad. And then again, he began to pass it around to his disciples saying, take and drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you can and remember to me. In this meal, this feast that was celebrating God's 
provision from pulling people from a place of captivity to freedom. Jesus used that moment to say, I'm doing the same thing. In the Seder meal, the broken bread part where it's hidden is called the African man. And many of you heard me say this, which means I have come. And what many scholars believe, there's lots of cups that are going in the Seder meal, but the cup that they believe because it said after supper would have been the cup of redemption. And what Jesus was saying is, I have come to redeem you. What does that mean? That's a churchy term. I have come to free you. He was doing the same thing his father had done in a new and eternal way if we have faith through him, through his act and his suffering. And so we as believers in Jesus Christ now offer ourselves as a holy and living sacrifice in union with this offering, this free gift that Christ has offered to us. And so we pray that we may be one, just as it takes a lot of different grains to make bread. And you know what? The grains have to give themselves up, their, their own wishes, their own desires, in order to be pressed out to become bread. And you know, the grapes, you know, we could take communion, and Jesus could have done communion with grapes and said, here you go. But it was more important to press ourselves out, to be pressed out and brought together. What an illustration of what the body of Christ is on a cross, but what the body of Christ needs to be for the world. And so, Lord Jesus Christ, with your Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, send your gift upon, your Holy Spirit upon these gifts. Make them be for us the body and the blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed and set apart and freed by his precious Holy Spirit and his precious blood. Make us one with each other, one in ministry to all the world. Until, God, we get to go home and have that great Thanksgiving in the sky, that great banquet table. With your Holy Spirit here today in your church, God, move mightily. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask that the servers or whoever um, come up today. And um, just to give you, uh, I'll give you, I'll give you some of uh, the, the rules of the things right now. Um, we have um, we have a couple stations. Um, keeping in mind that we have um, people who are uh, have celiac and stuff. We have uh, gluten free up here. Gluten free Jesus. Okay, um, so we have that, and um, and so that'll be on this section here. If you want to come here, um, and then what we're going to do when it's time, we're going to have you come from the back down this way, and the back down this way, and the back down that way, and we can turn. If you want to scoot over here and pray, by all means, feel free to do so. Um, people say, what, what, who, who comes? Uh, usually, communion has, has some very few rules, but they're important. Um, do you love Jesus? That doesn't mean that we're perfect. Anybody here perfect? Come on up and stand here, because I'm not, okay? Um, so, but you, you, know, you have sin, that, you have that stuff that you just missed the mark that you want to repent of. You want to just get rid of. Anybody got something in your life that just is like that thorn in your side? Thorn in your flesh that the Apostle Paul talked about? You just need it removed? Come to Jesus in that. Anybody have anybody in your life? This is a good time to do it. It's Thanksgiving. It's going to be Christmas. Some people that you don't mess with very well in life? Anybody you don't get along with too well? Oh, you guys are good. Or are you just afraid to say because they're sitting next to you, okay? If that's the case, go to God and say, hey, I've forgiven every ounce that I have. I need you to help me in that area of unforgiveness. And if you want to live at peace with one another and seek Jesus Christ, go ahead. That's what it's about. 
you can come to know the presence of Christ right here. And so I'm going to serve the worship team, the body of Christ given for you, the body of Christ Jesus given for you, the body of Christ given for you, his blood shed for you, the blood of Christ shed for you, the blood of Christ shed for you. Body of Christ broken for you. Body of Christ broken for you. Body of our Lord broken and given for you. Body of Christ broken and given for you. Our Lord's body broken and given for you. Jim, the body of Christ broken for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. The blood of Christ poured out for you. The blood of Christ poured out for you and for me. The blood of Jesus shed for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. The blood of our Lord Jesus Christ poured out for you. You got it. stand up and then um, what I ask is that as you come you just focus on Christ and what, he, what he's done for you and what, who he is for you. You may have not even asked that question and then, um, and then as our, our children come down they can go ahead and head to Sunday school after this but then just, just remain until everybody's there. If you need some help with communion, if anybody uh, needs, can't make it all the way, just go ahead and lift up your hand. We'll make sure you get served. And, and gluten free is over here as well if you need to come over here. So please come again from the back this way back from this way and, and vice versa. Come to the table of the Lord. This is the
people through the act of Jesus Christ through giving communion for God I just ask that you would fill us and you would strengthen us for whatever mission you have us called to do and God as you bring your word to us during this time may we not only just recognize and look forward to the Thanksgiving we're going to have with our families but God that we can't wait until the great Thanksgiving in heaven come quickly Lord Jesus in Jesus name we pray amen you may be seated.
So here we go. Home cooking. How many like home cooking? All right, good stuff. How many like to eat? If you didn't like to eat, what are you? What what is going on there? Okay. So what I want to do, um, I want to I want to kind of look at a metaphor of a house today, um, as uh, as we're looking at this, and primarily I want to look a little bit. At each each room in our house has some things, some special uh, reasons. Um, the bathroom, right? The bedroom. The, uh, I don't know, the living room. Hopefully you're alive there, all right? Um, but I want to talk about the dining room a little bit today. Is that good? Can we talk about the dining room? Because that's where we're going to spend some time this week, hopefully, many of us. Um, and there are, uh, and there, there are several things. There are different ways to live life. Matter of fact, Jesus said to us, in this world you will have everything awesome and no problems, right? No, he said, in this world you will have trouble. Yay! Let's go home. Okay, in this world, you will have trouble. And, but he said, take heart because I've overcome the world. So in other words, what he's saying, and if you have your sheet, you can follow along today and fill in. You won't have a storm-free life. Everybody say, aw. I'm going to say it again. You won't have a storm-free life, but you can have a storm-proof life. Yay. Let's try it again. You won't have a storm-free life, but you can have a storm-proof life. Yeah, there we go. That we're together. So one of the things that I want to look at is the statement which says, as for me and my house, we will what? Serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, many of us may have a different answer if I was fill in the blank, if we were playing match game. As for me and my house, blank. So many of us may say this, as for me and my house, we're barely holding on. As for me and my house, it's a wreck. As for me and my house, it's dangerous. As for me and my house, it's not safe. As for me and my house, the bank wants to take it. As for me and my house, it's wonderful. As for me and my house, it's crazy. You can fill it in with lots of different things. But whatever we're going through, as for me and my house, the goal of the believer is to serve the Lord and to try to serve the Lord. So today on this last Sunday before Thanksgiving, this holiday that focuses on food, right? We're going to focus on the dining room, the place to eat. And it's not just like crappy food. Like most of us don't go ahead and make like frozen chicken nuggets and set up the dining room to sit down and eat them, right? Anybody do that? Okay, there's some, there's some unusual people here, but that's okay. Um, but if we don't usually do that, I'm talking about it's usually like special and better food, right? That's where we put the best food out. Um, and it's easy to discover that the dining room, the purpose of the dining room is a place to what? Eat what? What kind? Good food. There we go. Now, growing up, uh, I remember that the dining room, most of the time, was a place and the table was where we threw stuff down that we didn't feel like taking anywhere else in the house. Anybody else there? Okay, but, and then when it came time for something special, mom would yell to us to get all our junk up or we'd lose it, and then they would go ahead and we had one of those dining room tables that you could pull apart and put the leaves in. And if you don't know what a leaf is, it's an extra piece of wood that you throw in because you need more space because more people are gonna come. And some of you were like me, you got the, the, the older, the adults sat at that table and the kids had the kids' table. I think I was at the kids' table as I was like 35, all right? But um, 
we have those. And, and so you would get more people. I remember mom would go into her cabinet and pull out the fine china and then would open up that thing that had a drawer on it that had the fine china, or if I'm Donald Trump, china. Okay, there we go, have that in there, china and silverware, the real silverware that was in there that she got probably from Betty Crocker. Anybody remember? How many save points for Betty Crocker silver? All right, there you go. Some of you did that. So you have those. Um, but you would also use it for special events like birthday parties, uh, engagement parties, anniversary parties, graduation parties. Thanksgiving was always there, Christmas. Sometimes you'd have going away parties. And I hear now that people actually have divorce parties that they celebrate there. I remember one time we had a bishop coming over. And it was in the United Methodist Church. And bishops can move you. So you had to be good with them. And I remember we were told, we were actually threatened to be on our best behavior. That if we weren't good, it was not going to be good for us. So I remember we're sitting there. My dad's here. Um, The bishop and his wife were on the other side. My mom's here. Jill's over here. And her boyfriend at the time was right here. And so the bishop was talking to people, Bishop Wirtz. He was talking to people and was asking questions about them. And he decided to ask Jill's uh, boyfriend at the time, hey, tell me a little bit about you. I hear you end up playing football. You play football. He says, yes. And he said, what position do you play? And he said, tight end. And Jack, in the way that he does, just said, ha, tight end, that's a good place for you, Danny. And everybody started cracking up, except my parents were like, Jill started cracking up. Jill was dying laughing. Because nobody expected me to say anything at this point. My dad stopped and looked at me like, I'm going to be moved to the outer ends of the conference now. What did you do to me? How dare you? And it was like there, and nobody moved. It was quiet. And then the bishop's wife said, Jack, you sure do love life, don't you? And everybody started laughing. We moved on. My dad went, after they left, I can't believe you did that. And said, I'm your kid. What do you expect, right? These are the things that happen. As you can see, it goes through the next generation. All right. So, but dining rooms are interesting because before funeral homes, I've been told that if you didn't have a special parlor big enough in the house, the dining room was where you laid out the person who died. So it could have been called the dining room. I don't know. I guess you could add that to it. And this is where people from the church or neighborhood would come by, and they would come by and walk around the dining room and see Grandpa, who's dead there in the dining room now. Okay, And you had a table set up in another room, usually the living room, if you had that, because Grandpa's on the dining room table. So you couldn't really put food around him. That would be a little too weird if you had that. But that's how it was. And so, but, you know, whatever happens in life, these events, we always tack food around it, don't we? There's food always around it. Like, for instance, why is it that whenever you're talking to someone in your house, that you end up gravitating toward the kitchen? You end up leaning against a countertop with sharp knives, and um, you end up sitting there with a hot burner next to you and, and, you know, waffle maker and everything, and you have hard benches and stuff in there, where in the other room you have nice couches, big screen TVs, but everybody ends up in the kitchen. Am I right? Why do we do that? There we go. That's right. So why do we always attach food to everything? For instance, birthdays and weddings. Here's a cake. And have you seen how much cakes cost? Wow. A cake. We have them. Like no one goes to a funeral and said, here's a cake. I guess dirt would be the fitting cake. You know, dirt cake. Anybody ever had that? Come on, you, ain't, you don't get it? Okay. All right. Here we go. Come on. You got to help me out here. I don't have, they're not all great, but here you go. I thought that was good. Get it? Try it again. Dirt cake. There we go. All right. So... 
Yeah, you guys stink. No, at funerals, we don't bring a funeral cake. Look, I got grandpa's face on a funeral cake. Yay, you know. That's odd. That's weird. Nobody wants to do that. What do we do? We bring casseroles. Hey, they died. Here, eat some tuna. Right? We have that kind of stuff. That's what we do. Thanksgiving, we eat turkey. And do you know that they say they went fouling, but nobody ever mentions a turkey for the original Thanksgiving. You know what they mostly eat? Seafood. How many want some trout for Thanksgiving? No, you, you should not do that. That's evil, okay? But they did have, we have pumpkin pie, mashed potatoes. What else do we have? Stuffing. What? Cranberries. What? Green beans. Sweet potatoes. Got to have that marshmallow thing around there, right? Oh, gravy, gravy. Some of you drink gravy. It's so good, right? You have those things. Christmas and Easter. Christmas and Easter, I eat more ham than I ever do the rest of the year. You, I'll, I'll, I'll put you to the test. Go to Honey Baked Ham in August. No problem. Walk right up, buy yourself a ham. Try to do that the week before Easter and Christmas. Not going to happen. You will be standing around the block and hoping that you get a ham. All right, this is what we have. New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, I am a grown man. But on New Year's, so for some reason, I eat sandwiches in little triangles. Why? I want a bigger one. Um, and then we drink this champagne at midnight, and then we eat sauerkraut. So we say, Happy New Year. Let's stink the whole house up. Yay. What is it about that? On 4th of July, you don't really see many people saying, Hey, come over for the 4th of July party. We got stuffing, cranberry sauce, pumpkin pie. Yeah, we're ready to go. We don't do that. And people don't sit watching fireworks, chucking down eggnog. That's weird if we did that. For many of us, we're chucking down a six-pack of iced tea or Coke or something else, right? Not eggnog. Try it this year. Weird people out, okay? (laughs) At a graveside, I heard that in in parts of China, that at a graveside, they put a bowl of rice on the grave. And you may say, that's weird. Dead people can't eat. They can't smell flowers either. But we do that. You know, in my life, when loved ones have passed away, we go to the funeral, we have, a cel- we, we have a celebration of life, and afterwards, what do we do? We go to the church hall, we go someplace else, and we eat. We eat and laugh and eat more and cry and eat and eat. Why? It seems like all over the world, no matter what culture we're in or wherever, that we combine food with life situations. So here's what I want to ask you as we look at this. What if we connect important events with food because it's the way God made us. Just what if? What if God wired us this way? Now, I want you to know, the Bible also talks about other things with food, too, that if too much of it or too little can destroy us. Matter of fact, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 6.13 says this, food for the stomach and stomach for the food, and God will destroy them both. Because what we see in life is a good thing can become a bad thing if we make it the main thing in life. So I'm not talking about misusing food. I'm not talking about self-medicating with food. I'm not talking about an eating disorder, none of that stuff, or, or trying to heal our hearts through brokenness of eating. But why? what I'm asking is the question is, why is it that in the most important times of joy and sorrow in our lives, there's always some element of food? It's mostly special food, those unique ones. Like I love the fact that Thanksgiving gives me an opportunity to heap a plate up high and go back again, and then later in the day, throw it all in a sub roll and throw it down my face. Isn't that good? Like something happened, time to eat. Oh, wrecked the car, oh, time to eat. Somebody's home from the hospital, let's eat. We eat, 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 eat. 
So what if, here's, what I wanna, here's the main thing I want to ask you. What if food reveals to us the real theology of grace, of God's grace? What do I mean by theology? Theology is simply this. The study or belief that you hold about God and who God is and what he's like. So you may say, I think God is this, or I think God is that, or God's up to this, and this is what I think God is, knows about me. In other words, it's your view of God. And grace is something that you cannot earn, you cannot do, you cannot achieve, you cannot acquire on your own or from yourself. It's a gift you can't earn, so it must come from outside you. Kind of like food. Food has to come from outside you. I don't go, mm, man, I'd like a cheeseburger. Yeah, here it is. Right? I don't say, mm, popsicle. Right? I don't do that. I can't. That would be really cool. Chocolate cake. Here we go, right? It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way at all. In our faith, we believe that we are saved, forgiven, reconnected back to God, not by something that we've done ourselves, not by trying to be good. Not by offsetting the bad things in life, hoping that the God of the universe is going to give us a mulligan when we get up there. But we believe that we are saved and and reconnected and forgiven by God by what Jesus did 2,000 years ago on the cross. That three days later, he rose from the dead and he ascended into heaven and he offers us this gift if we place our trust in him and it's the only thing that can save us. So if we look at this breakdown, we believe and Jesus taught that something outside of ourselves is being offered to us in great abundance, in heaping portions, and that's grace and forgiveness and love and we can choose to accept it or not. Like how many of you, when they put that like jello green blob of something that has coconut in it, I will never, ever eat that. I don't want it. Don't put it on my plate. Keep it far, far from me. Right? But man, you put that little pretzel salad cream cheese thing there, I'm going to eat the whole thing, right? Because I have a choice on what I eat and whether I take it in or not. It's the same thing with God's gift of grace that we have here. Anyone who wants to receive it can. And we don't need just a little grace we need a heaping portion of God's grace for our lives. I'm going to show you this. I'm not a prophet, but I'm going to tell you something. Within the next several hours, your body is going to say, feed me. I need something. If you miss breakfast, it's telling you that right now. You know, you ever sat next to somebody and going, you know, it's like the, you start to ignore that in your body, and you start to say, okay, well, I'll get through, and then all of a sudden you're sitting in a meeting, and you're, your body's like, don't forget about me, feed me, right? <laughs> That's how we're put together to get food. And the, it's lacking, can, I can't produce it on my own, and so there's something out there that I need, and food or water or something else. It must be given through the mouth, or your body will be weakened and eventually shut down. If you don't feed it, it'll die. So this is, I want to give you this kind of food parable. An earthly, a parable is an earthly everyday thing that we're used to that has, you know, spiritual or other kinds of things that last forever, meaning. So what if food is constantly pointing to grace? The Apostle Paul led us to that and said, grace 
Grace is the same way. Grace cannot be used as a permission to rebel against God because as food, we can use food wrongly. It can't be used to just have this freedom to do what we darn well please. But it's something that we need from outside ourselves. In the book by Doug Wilson, My Life for Yours, he writes this quote and he says, God is emphatically not a utilitarian, which means somebody who just, if everything's happiness and pleasure, then it's good. He could have designed, devised a world in which nutrition, nutritious food was available by the ton, like so many tasteless brand mashed in a trough. We could easily be kept alive with food that tastes uniformly like stewed hay. But what has God done, in fact, he has made a big deal out of this process by doing a lot of unnecessary stuff. If we begin to catalog what God thinks of food, we are instantly overwhelmed just on the basis of how it tastes. Just think for a second. I'm going to get you to do this. Think of butter. Just think of it. Think of butter, oranges, milk, watermelon, garlic, salt, wine, steak, potatoes, bacon, grapes. I'm going to add some more here. Lasagna. Bobby's lasagna. Bobby's lasagna is good. Pizza. Cheese steaks. Chocolate in every form. Ice cream. You know, isn't it great that we don't just have Van Chockstraw anymore? We have Rocky Road. We have Butter Pecan. We got Banana Splits. Oh, yeah, I'm getting you hungry now, aren't I? Pecan pie, stuffing, <clears throat> mashed potatoes, pumpkin pie, cake. Oh, doesn't it sound good? Why does food taste so good? My weight would be lots better if it didn't. God could have had us all just eat grass and been like, there you go. But he didn't. Food tastes awesome. And I'm going to give you, I could be wrong. I've been wrong once in life. But I could be wrong about this. But here's what I believe. I believe God's just showing off. God says, oh, you like that? Let me give you this. Wow. That's awesome. For vegetarians, if there's any vegetarians here, we'll pray for you. Um, but no, that's, that's just good. I don't understand it, but I do understand it, but I don't understand it, okay? But anyway, I, found, I just did a quick search of like at least 15 different kinds of lettuce. Somebody said there's like 54. Who knew there's that much stuff you can pull out of the ground like that? And they all taste differently. And I got to tell you, one of the things that really annoys me is television commercials, pet commercials. Has anybody seen that one? Fancy feast, darling, for that cat. The little cat that you get a crystal bowl and feed that cat in. You could have put it in the toilet bowl, the cat would have eaten out of it. Fancy feast. Uh, no, shut up. Just, just shut up. All right? Fancy feast. That is so dumb. And, and also, they have the little dogs like, begin. You know, they're just, they don't care. Like, for instance, look at this. Um, they will say that this Cat food is made of the finest choices of beef, pork, and tuna. The cat don't care. The dogs don't care. I will give you an example. I have fed my dog the same dry food from Walmart for years, and she eats it. She'd love to have what I have, but that's why I've got thumbs. Figure that one out, okay? And so in the midst of that, I can give that to her. If you really want to make something that makes dogs happy, give them a flavor list. Rawhide and cat crap. That would be a nice flavor. They will eat that. They eat that, am I right? 
You've never heard, here's cat poo. You know, mm, yum, yum. Go eat the whole thing. You can get everything you need for your nourishment in the baby food aisle or grab an insure and drinking it down. It'll keep you alive. You can stay alive with it. But when it comes to food, if you're like me, I want variety. I want flavor. And you know, like the first time you've ever had something that's really good, and you say this, that tasted amazing, right? Food, incredible. Like the first time people from out of state get obey. What is this thing? Oh. Right? So here's what I want to say. We want something that, that brings and makes us feel more alive. Don't you? Otherwise, you know, otherwise you just eat rice cakes forever. They're bland. I mean, I got the stuff I put on rice cakes because they're like, bleh. Eat cardboard. You can survive on cardboard. The Apostle Paul had pain in his life and asked for God to remove it, but God gave a great statement and said, no, 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 I'm not removing that pain. I just want to tell you something. My grace is sufficient for any pain you have. You see, uh, I know that you have this situation. I know this is going on in your life, but my grace, let me give you a heaping pile of grace on your plate. Slap. How's that for that pain? Let me give you another one. Slap it down. God said, I got all kinds of grace for you, no matter what situation you're going in. Jesus talked about this grace and forgiving others, and look what he says here in Luke 6, 38. Give. Give what? What we have, grace and forgiveness, and it will be given to you a good measure. Press down. You know how like you got those little plates? There's never a plate big enough. Like those little things, what do they call them, that they put under the plates to make stuff look good? Like the big chargers. Man, I want to sometimes throw the plate off and fill up the charger. It's that big. Just bam. You press your food down on top of it to have a big heaping pile. Shaken together, running over. It will be poured into your lap. With the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. Whatever grace is offered, we must give it to someone else. And God never offers a little bit. In 2 Peter, Peter says, grace and peace be yours in what? Abundance through the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ. I need both of those. I need grace and I need peace in my life. Peter's friend, John, in the Gospel of John, starts his Gospel by saying this, that we have a belief in God and he gives us grace upon grace. That's multiple helpings of grace. All through the Bible, big events. Don't just stop there, but big events have big meals. The story of the prodigal son, the son who told his father he wished he was dead and said, give me all that would be mine if you were dead, and he took off and he squandered it all away. And the father kept looking for him, and when he came back, he went and found him, and when the son, the son came back, and he could have been like just dismissed, but he put a robe on him, and he killed a whole cow. That's a party. They killed a whole cow. They're eating everything in the cow. There was nothing left of the cow. He could have responded differently like maybe we would have or maybe like some other parents. He could have said, you know, son, what you did was really, really dumb. If you do it again, you're out of this house. Or I guess I'll give you one more chance, but don't be stupid anymore. And I'm gonna punish you. You're gonna live outside for a month. By the way, now that you're home, there's some leftovers from three days ago in the fridge. 
He didn't respond to that. He said, I thought you were dead and now you're back and so kill that cow. The best one we have, let's throw a party. Let's eat. And in the scripture, holiday means holy day and it's, there's holidays in the Bible, but they're called feasts. There's feasts. And there's a slide of these here. We have Purim. And Purim is from the book of Esther where God saved his people and they celebrate. And I've been in Israel when they've had this. And for a teenage guy, it's awesome. These young Israeli girls walk around and dressed as cats. I don't know why, but it's, it was nice for teenage guys. Biblical feasts, what do we have? We have Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which we celebrated communion today. Pentecost for the first fruits. Rosh Hashanah, which is the new year. It's the Feast of the Trumpets. Uh, and Yom Kippur is the, is the new year, the Day of Atonement. The Feast of Tabernacles or booths. Where actually Jewish people will set up little tents in their backyard and celebrate. The Feast of Dedication is also known from John chapter 10, where Jesus, a good Jewish man, celebrated it. We know it as the Festival of Lights, or what we call Hanukkah, that Jesus celebrated, which was all because during a period of intertestamental period, that people, uh, there was a guy named Antiochus Epiphanes who took over, and he actually sacrificed a pig in the temple and set up a god, um, Zeus, in the temple, not because he believed, but because he wanted to mess with them. And it was taken over, and they had to cleanse the temple. And for eight days, and they had enough oil, kosher oil to last one day. But they prayed, and God gave that provision for eight days. That's why the menorah that you have here has nine, one to light in the middle, and eight days of God's provision. And there's special foods for each of those days. We call them potato cakes, but they call them latkes. And in everybody, when they're taught from in Hanukkah, and this feast, they go to Ezekiel 34. And Ezekiel 34 says this, I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep because the, the religious people of the day were leading them in a wrong place. And I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord. I will seek the lost and I will bring back the strayed and I will bind up the injured and I will strengthen the weak and the fat and the strong I will destroy and I will do what? Feed them in justice. Jesus, when he sat down with a meal of a guy named Zacchaeus, who was a wee little man, he sat down with him, and the religious leaders, much like Ezekiel was talking about, had a problem with Jesus, with this guy, with this guy Zacchaeus. And he said, you're sitting down eating, again, food, eating with a sinner. And Jesus said, the Son of Man came to do what? Seek and save that which was lost. Once again, he's saying, I'm here to do what Ezekiel said. So as we wind this down today, I want to go through some what ifs. What if food, the first one I said, what if food reveals the real theology of grace? That's something outside myself that I need, that I depend on, but I can't produce myself. And what if God's grace is more than heaping helpings? And what if I commemorate that? through holidays and celebrations. And what if this Thanksgiving and every meal from now on that I take, I take time to recognize that I am saved by something outside myself, the grace of Jesus Christ? What if it was given to me freely by Jesus Christ, but it cost him his life? And what if I accept it, and without it, I recognize I am nothing, I am hopeless, and I can die? You know, when I was raised, we all learned to say grace. To say grace. 
that I need food and I need God's grace in my life. Now, in Thanksgiving, we can celebrate this right or wrong. The wrong focus is to put more on the stuff that we're celebrating that is the extra stuff rather than the reason for the whole thing in the first place. When it was started, it was started that we can take time not only by the pilgrims who took time out to focus on God and the provision that he brought them through, but it's a time that our country was set up at a time to say, hey, let us take time to thank God, our creator, for living in this wonderful country and giving us the opportunity. And Abraham Lincoln intended for us to do that through Thanksgiving. Sure, the parades are nice. Sure, the football games are good. Sure, the food is amazing. But what if we just start with thanksgiving and what if every day of our lives is a great thanksgiving to God, thanking him for his marvelous grace? In Isaiah, I want to challenge you to look at this week at Isaiah 14 and 15 because God says, I'm kind of getting tired of your holidays. Your new moons and your appointed feasts, your holidays. And look what he says, my soul what? Hates that they have become a burden to me. I'm weary of burdening them. And here's the result. The result is when you spread out your hands, in other words, when you ask God for something, I will hide my face from you even though you make your prayers. I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Every, most every holiday we celebrate has its origin in a faith with Christ. And oh my, has it gotten so far. It's gotten so far removed. I've gotten to the point that when Christmas time comes up, I'm kind of depressed with it. It's more about what to buy and what to get and where to go and what to do. And you've heard this before. This is nothing new. I think it's a big telltale that when we, when we go directly from Halloween to Christmas in our stores because Thanksgiving, giving thanks, isn't lucrative financially. But maybe giving thanks is what we need to do because we need to stop so that we survive. And we can live and be more than just alive. This is, we, in other words, what God is saying, we can't continue to live graceless and expect God to just wake up when we start singing Christmas songs. We can't do that. And there's a hope that is here in, in Isaiah 1.16. He says, wash yourselves, make yourself clean, remove your evil deeds from my eyes, cleanse Cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek to do justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. Doesn't that sound an awful lot like the stuff we talked about in Radical? Come on now. Come on now. Everybody say, come on now. Come on now. Let us do what? Reason together. God gave us a mind that we need to repent and we need to rethink this part of our lives. Says the Lord, though your sins are scarlet, that means they're bloody. When God looks at us, he sees the blood of our sins. But through faith in Christ, he sees the blood of Jesus, which cleanses all sin. And when we move in the next couple weeks to white Christmas, that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about Bing Crosby. And look what he says here. If you are willing and obedient, you shall what? You shall eat, there it is again, eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be eaten by the sword. In other words, everything's going to fall apart by doing the same old, same old. I think back to that prodigal. 
he was sitting there, put out with the pigs. This is a, you don't lose this. He was a good Jewish boy hanging out with pigs. Doesn't work. And he's there, and he's so hungry that he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. And then this verse from 17 says this, and then he came to his what? Senses. He rethought his life and his situation, knew this story ending was not going to be good. You cannot reason about what your life has been. That's in the past. But you can from this point on. So what did he do? He went home. Not sure what the reaction would be. And I will tell you, some of us here today and some of us watching online, you may have messed up some things. You may have messed up a lot of things in your life. You may, be sit, you may, have, messed, you may have attended a church that was your family, that you were connected with, and somehow it fell apart. You may be going through the motions, but you still don't feel like you're connected. You may have messed up your family, your relationships, but you're here, or you're watching here today, and you went home. I wonder what that boy thought when he sat at the table thinking he was going to be a slave, and he sat at the table restored to full rights with a robe on and a signet ring, eating some fatted calf. He probably was sitting there thinking, you know what, yesterday, I was just begging. By my hands, I was just begging for pig slop. That's all I was begging for, just a little bit of pig slop that fell from their mouths. But today, I have a robe, a ring, a full belly, and a party. So in other words, what I, I, here's what he's saying. By myself, I am nothing. But with my father... I'm a prince. With my father, I am somebody. With my father, I have everything at my disposal. With my father, everything is granted to me. So what does this mean for you and me? If you're like me, you spent too much time in a pig pen. Amen? But be happy. Welcome home. You have a daddy who's been looking for you. Ever since you've been on that journey, wherever you have been, whatever you have done, he's been saying, come back home, come back home. And just like the dad in the story, he doesn't wait for you to come to him. He meets you down the road. And when you've rehearsed everything, oh, God, I've messed up. I've sinned against you. And he says, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Shut your mouth, your mind. That's all that matters. Your mind. So guess what? Here comes a heaping pile of handful of, and a spoonful of grace. Bam on your plate. How's that feel? Guess what? You need some. But God, but you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I thought. Wham, there's another one. You cannot out sin my grace. You can't do it. But God, you don't know how broken up. Wham, there's another one. Enjoy that. Because I have grace and forgiveness. Outside of you, alone you can do nothing. Why? Because, and guess what? Here's what you're going to do because you've gotten it. Just as this church is displayed through these bags and those boxes, you have received God's grace in an amazing way. You've received his grace and forgiveness, and it will be given to you. It's been given to you a good measure Pressed down, heaped up, shaken together, running over, poured into your lap. You are a slob with God's grace at the dinner table. Now go share with somebody else. 
Your daddy has a big table. He's put a lot of leaves in it. And he has a seat for you. Come get some home cooking. Amen. Please stand right now as we go to our closing song today. It's not Broken Vessels that's in there. What is it? What are we singing, Wayne? Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Anybody need God? And I just want to say something. If we all need him, and I believe there's a lot of us here who are starving under our own food. And right now, we need God. We need his guidance. We need his direction. And for our Stephen ministers who are here today, they're going to come up and pray with you. I don't know whether you're going to get near the turkeys and stuff, but that's okay. Um, They're going to be right here. I want you to ask yourself, how's your plate looking? Are you right now longing for food from the pigs of this world? You've been just hoping to get some of that stuff that they have and your plate's empty and it's dirty and it's disgusting or do you want what God has for you? Don't just sit where you are and stand there and leave it there. You know, like, it'd be like going to a smorgasbord and saying, man, my plate's empty. I paid. Everybody else is being fed. Oh, that looks good. I like some of that. Oh, wow, where'd you, where'd you get that? Right up there. And we never get up and go get it. God's saying right up here, I am ready for you to get a big heaping spoonful of my grace and forgiveness and love. So get your hips out of the seat and get up there and get some. Because he's going to let you eat what you want to eat. He's going to let you get in the situation that you're in. But if you want what he has, give yourself the greatest thanksgiving you ever can today. Experience his love and forgiveness and his grace. The altar's open for you. Because I need him. I need him. I need him more than I ever have in my life. And I need to get in line and get a big heaping spoonful. What about you?
needing their plate filled with what you have. God, those who are here watching online, I just, I, I just see people who are saying, you know, I, I can't do it anymore. And you're right, you can't. You're living under your own strength. And you can't live under un, unspiritual Doritos all the time. You need some of that good stuff in the dining room, blue Lord. God, just feed them. Feed them with what you have. In your name we pray. Have an awesome Thanksgiving, everyone. And next week, we will begin to first Sunday in Advent, believe it or not. And so we will be starting a series called White Christmas. May your sins are scarlet. You're going to be white as snow. Amen. Have an awesome week. Say hi to somebody. Somebody. All right. <laughs>